Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but see the reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to Of God and Man, the only show that will make you regret waking up in the morning. <laughs> this is your host, Brom French. It is great, fantastic, wonderful to be back with you. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029, preferably by text. If you want to reach me by email, you can reach me at bf at bromfrench.com. That is the letter B, the letter F, the at sign. B-R-A-H-M-F-R-E-N-C-H dot com. It is uh, amazing the news that we have, and I'm going to try to go through some of it, and uh, we'll see how far we can get. Albuquerque, New Mexico police have charged a man with murder Wednesday night. What happened? Well, apparently he was cut off or felt like he was done wrong. And so he did what any rational human being will do. He pulled out his gun and he shot at the vehicle that he felt had wronged him. Unfortunately, shooting at that vehicle meant that he might hit somebody inside, to which he did, a four-year-old little girl whose father had just picked her up from school. And this man killed the four-year-old girl. What scum and what has our society become when this is our first response? I hope he rots in jail for the rest of his life. It's a shame the world we live in. Now, some idiot out there is going to say, ah, see, I told you we needed to take guns away from our everyday citizens. The only one that should have guns or the government. The government's the only one that needs guns because 239 years ago, our government that was in charge at the time gave us no issues with guns. <laughs> so some idiot is out there saying the issue is the gun and maybe they're going to take the line of Obama and say we need to confiscate guns and politicize this. The man obviously was an idiot, but it was road rage and so therefore what we need to do is take away the car. Take away the car and uh, he would not have been angry. There would be no road rage. Whether or not you like it, Cars are not constitutional rights, but a gun is. A gun actually is protected. I know that's probably crazy news to you leftist wacko liberals, you loonies that belong in the nut house. but a gun actually is constitutional. So let's, uh, as a matter of fact, let's talk about that. Let's get rid of all the guns and see what happens. Maybe if we got rid of all the guns, crime would just completely dissipate. But then we run across this story. A masked man armed with a sword has killed a student and a teacher in a school in Sweden. Huh. You mean it wasn't a gun? No, it was a sword. So next we need to outlaw all swords. We need to outlaw spoons because some of you are a little overweight. 
and it is the spoon's fault. You look at the Chinese people. Look at Chinese people in China. They are all thin. You know why? They have to use those little sticks, those those, those little chopsticks, and it has kept them thin and healthy. The answer to America's problem with obesity is the fork and the spoon. We need to outlaw it. <laughs> That's the only way to stop obesity. The only way to stop murder is outlaw the gun and outlaw the fork and spoon and knife and we all go to chopsticks. As a matter of fact, they also eat rice and so you need to stop eating things that aren't rice. <laughs> because that's the only way we can stop obesity. Ironically, what stopped the man with the sword in Sweden? Ah, oh, here's a crazy idea. A man with a gun. That's right, folks. The only thing that will stop a bad man with a sword might be a good man with a gun. The only thing that will stop a bad, bad man with a gun is a good man with a gun. It's a valuable lesson we ought to learn it. So, another news, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan has announced that he will go ahead and seek the speakership of the House of Representatives. He has done this once he attained the majority from the Freedom Caucus that is in the House, made up of about 30 men that are representatives from various states that have fought and continue to fight for our liberty and freedom. How will Paul Ryan fare? Well, he's got to fare better than the idiot leaving. John Boehner is finally, thank heavens, heading out. Paul Ryan, the weight, though, my friend, is on you. You need to man up, and this is your opportunity to push for freedom, to push for liberty, and to push against the powers that be in your city, in Washington. Other crazy news, Vice President Joe Biden has announced, he announced on Wednesday that he would not seek the presidency of the United States. He will not seek nor accept, I guess, the candidacy from the Democrat Party to be the next president of the United States. So, what do you have to say about that? I'll tell you what I've got to say about that. I wonder what Hillary Clinton is hanging over his head. I wonder what it is that she has, what skeleton is in the closet of Joe Biden that would make him decide to pull out. His only a real reason for not running, he says, is, well, it's just not enough time to make a decision, which is hogwash, that he waited too late in the campaign cycle to get in. And we all know that that is nothing but a, well, it's a crock and a bunch of nonsense. But on a good note for Joe Biden, he's not running against Hillary, means he's not running against a Clinton. So he may not be found, um, and doing air quotes here with my hands, he may not be found in a car by an apparent suicide. <laughs> because if you run against the Clintons, if you have ever stood against the Clintons, ironically, either uh, you seem to be in a car accident, a plane crash, or commit suicide. At least that's how it was in the 90s. And we'll see how things go from here forward. So she's, I think we can safely say that Hillary has friends in low places. 
<laughs> so what have we seen? We have seen a world that is crazy and chaotic. We are seeing a, just a, a amazement. We're going to fight to get rid of the guns while the ones that are pushing to eliminate the guns are the ones that hold the guns. And, uh, <laughs> oh goodness. Tell you what, let me take a break. And when I come back, we will uh, we'll move forward. I tell you what, when we come back, we will look at the God forbidden, the uh, devil-devised Quran. Hold on just a second. exciting program. I've started a new bathroom design company called the Carousel Bath, not to be confused with my beautiful ex-wife. The bathroom will be round, so if you're unfamiliar with bathrooms, when you walk in the door, if you feel lost, just follow the walls until you come to the door again. There'll be a round toilet, so you can sit in any direction you want without the fear of falling off. Now, some people might feel lost in a round bathroom, so we will provide an extra benefit, a beautiful rubber ducky that will never get lost because it too will float around round bathtub back up to you. Now, for the benefit of those who may wish to use the toilet but are confused by the roundness, you can always pee in the corner, wherever that may be, because there will be a drain in the middle of the floor. And all this for $19.95. And if you order in the next 30 seconds, we will double your order for the complete round bathroom. And there is the sound of the car wreck, the collision, if you will, of Islam and Christianity, or Chrislam. And real quick, just before we get into this, uh, if you noticed, I played that last commercial. That last commercial we had was the sound of my dad's voice. And uh, my dad passed away December 31st, will be two years. And uh, if you don't have a recording of your parents and they are both still alive, I encourage you, I yet as of right now don't have a recording of my mom's voice and her mom is still alive so I'm hoping that I still have time. But uh, if you don't have a recording of your parents' voice, it's amazing how it will soothe the void after they have departed. So if you don't have one, I encourage you to go ahead and do it. Now let's go ahead and move on to the collision of Christianity and Islam which is Chrislam, why they will never be in agreement, why they are not the same God. And so we are in what is termed the cow. We are chapter 2, verse number 35. We are reading the cow. Let's pick up verse number 35, chapter 2. This is what it says. And we said, O Adam, dwell you and your wife in the paradise, and eat both of you freely with pleasure and delight of the things therein, as when wherever you will, but come not near the, this tree, or you both will be of the wrongdoers. Then Satan made them slip therefrom, paradise, and got them out from that which they were. We said, get you down all with enmity between yourselves. On earth will be a dwelling place for you and an enjoyment for a time. Then Adam received from his Lord words, and his Lord pardoned him, accepted his repentance, Verily, he is the one who forgives, accepts repentance, the most merciful. We said, get down all of you from this place, paradise. Then whenever there comes to you guidance from me and whoever follows my guidance, there shall be no fear on them, nor shall they grieve. But those who disbelieve and belial or our 
uh, Arat, proofs, evidence, verses, lessons, signs, revelations, etc. Such are the dwellers of the fire. They shall abide therein forever. So we're going to back up. Now recognize, remember what we're looking at is the difference between Islam and Christianity. And here it does not, we refer to the Garden of Eden uh, where the Lord had placed Adam and Eve. And then we refer to heaven. And heaven is a different place, not on this earth, not of this earth. Um, I don't even agree with the songs Heaven on Earth. There's a Christian song being sung talking about heaven on earth. I disagree with that. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I understand the sentiment, and, uh, and so I'm not going to throw a big fit. But uh, there truly is no heaven on earth. But let's go back and look at it. And, he, and we said, oh, verse number 35 said, O Adam, dwell you and your wife in the paradise. So this is their heaven, if you will. And eat both of you freely with pleasure and delight in the things wherein you will. But come not near this tree, or both of you will be the wrongdoers. So both of you will sin. Now, get this. They are already in what is termed paradise, or what we would refer to as heaven. And when we get to heaven, you're not going to ever be kicked out. <laughs> when you make it to heaven, you're there. You have arrived. You have made it. This is not the case at least with Adam and Eve, what we can see about paradise, because they're in paradise, but still manage to get themselves kicked out, just like us Christians believe happened with Satan. And so uh, said, Oh, Adam, dwell you and your wife in paradise. Eat both of you freely with pleasure, uh, but don't go anywhere near the tree or you will be wrongdoers. So uh, if you go near the tree, you're going to be messed up. You're going to be uh, sinful. And uh, verse 36, then Satan made them slip there from paradise. So now Satan made them. Words matter, folks. Words matter. Satan made them slip. No, Satan can't make you do anything. You can give in. You can yield yourself. But Satan did not make Adam and Eve eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was not Satan that made them. Now, uh, there might be an argument, whose fault is it? Is it Adam's fault? Because the Lord spoke to Adam and told Adam specifically. Is it Eve's fault? Because she's the one that picked it. Now, for me, I've got to give Adam a little slack because he had a naked woman saying, hey, take this and eat it. And what uh, heterosexual male... Um, would be ignorant enough to not do what... Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's just a bad humor. Forgive me. So let's move on. Satan made them slip there from bull. Satan can't make you do anything. And so they've slipped from paradise and got them out from that which they were. We said, get you down all. So this again, this tells me that they are talking about paradise, what we would refer to as heaven, because he said, get you down Bible says that the Lord had kicked them out and set angels there so they could not go back in, but they didn't kick them down. They didn't throw them down. Uh, that would illustrate that there is heaven or paradise which is above. So again, uh, the only one we see getting kicked down, thrown down, would be Satan because Jesus would say, I saw him fall as lightning falls from the heavens. I'm paraphrasing just in case you don't know. He said, get you down all with enmity between yourselves. 
on earth will be a dwelling place for you and an enjoyment for a time. Again, hogwash. Go back and read chapter 3 of Genesis. And you're going to find nowhere where the Lord says, I'm going to make it an enjoyment for you. (laughs) He says, hey lady, you're going to give birth and it's going to hurt. He says to the man, hey buddy, you're going to have thistles and thorns and you're going to live by the sweat of your brow. That does not sound like enjoyment to me. It sounds nothing like enjoyment to me. And so again, we see a difference. Verse 37, Then Adam received from his Lord words, and the Lord, his Lord pardoned him, accepted his repentance. Is it okay if I'm honest with you? I don't see where Adam ever repented. doesn't mean that he didn't. He does blame his wife, and uh, she then blames the serpent. But I don't read, actually, where he ever repents. But there is a sacrifice that is made. But Adam doesn't even make the sacrifice. The Lord makes the sacrifice and covers their sin or their shame with the sacrifice. Verily, he goes on, verily, he is the one who forgives, speaking of the Lord, uh, uh, what they are terming the Lord, and we all know that means Allah. Verily, he is the one who forgives, accepts repentance, the most merciful. We said, get down, all of you, from this place, from paradise. Then whenever there comes to you guidance from me, and whoever follows my guidance, there shall be no fear on them, nor shall they grieve. So if you've ever uh, followed the Lord, you'll never grieve. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that, that That's uh, just baloney. And those who disbelieve and uh, proofs, evidence, verses, lessons, signs, revelations, etc., etc. Such are dwellers of the fire. So if you don't believe, then you are your dwellers of the fire or basically you're going to hell. They shall abide therein forever. Well, I guess, unfortunately, if you are Muslim, you can count me among one of those because Allah is not the same God. His story in the garden, as a matter of fact, is it all right if I just go ahead and tell you, I believe Allah uh, is a demonic. I believe Allah is right straight out of the pits of hell. And it lines up nowhere with scripture. And uh, so it is abundantly clear. How can I put this? The devil loves to take the things of God and twist it just a little bit. And we see it very clearly again in the Quran. Tell you what, let me take a break. And when I come back, we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sin to reproach to any people. And we are back. And we are about to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 38, which is amazing, crazy. Genesis chapter 38, we're going to pick up at verse number 1. We're going to go down to verse number 7. Genesis chapter 38, verse number 1. Before we say it, before we read it, let me go ahead and tell you, I cannot pronounce some of these names, so you're just going to have to deal with it, and we'll get that right out from the get-go. 
Chapter 38, verse number 1, It came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adulamite, whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of the certain Canaanite, whose name was Shua. And he took her and went in unto her, and she conceived and bare a son, and called his name Er. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she called his name Onan. And she yet again conceived and bare a son, and called his name Shelah. And he was at Shezib when when she bare him. And Judah took a wife for Er, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And Er, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. So we're going to back up. Now Judah has left the rest of the brethren where they are. It came to pass that time that Judah went down from his brethren. So now he has left his brethren. He has gone off on his own, and he's turned to a certain place whose name is Hira. Judah saw there a daughter of the certain Canaanite. So Judah has gone to the Canaanites and looking to hook up, looking to shack up if you will, whose name was Shula. And he took her and went in unto her. Bible doesn't say whether or not they got married. We don't know, but we do know that he slept with her. And I'm assuming they must have been married because uh, they don't only have one kid. They have several kids, minimum of three, just in this story we're going to see. And she conceived and bare a son and called his name Er, E-R. I find that interesting, Er. It's a, we'll get there in a little bit, and then maybe um, more so later on. She names him Er. She conceived again and bare a son. She called his name Onan. And so now she's got two boys. One is Er and one is Onan. And she yet again conceived and bare a son and called his name Shelah. And he was at Shezib when she bare him. Judah took a wife for Er, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And so now uh, we've progressed time. Er has grown up. He is uh, now ready looking for a bride. And as he's looking for a bride, he finds this girl named Tamar and brings Tamar for heir to wife or to be married to. And heir, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord slew him. This is one of the, uh, one of the first times where it just comes right out. And, and says, you know, we, we recognize that there are some people that are just rotten, <laughs> and we see it throughout Scripture. But the, the, one of the first times, well, actually, it's not one of the first times. It is the first time that the Bible ever comes out and says that somebody was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And so we are seeing whether or not we recognize it in, in the America we live in today, I'm okay, you're okay, they're okay, we're all okay. This is not the case with the Lord. God does look down and see some people and say, you are wicked. We have spent so long trying to build each other's self-esteem, trying to feel better, not wanting to offend, not wanting to hurt people. This is one of the reasons why we open up our borders to whosoever will. Please come on in. I'm okay. You're okay. They're okay. We're all okay. But there are some people, whether we like it, whether we're willing to state it or not, that are wicked. They simply are evil wicked people. One of the things that scares me about our society today, because in this mindset, 
we are prone, we are set up for another Hitler. We have positioned ourselves for another Chamberlain. We're all becoming like Chamberlain because I'm okay, you're okay. But the Lord recognizes and says, no, there is evil. There is wicked and there are wicked men. It doesn't say what Er did that was wicked. It doesn't say what he did that was evil. It doesn't say anything about him, why he was, but it simply says that he was wicked in the eyes of the Lord. So somewhere in God's eyes, God saw something. The Lord was merciful enough that the Bible doesn't say what Er did. But from the very outset, we see in Genesis chapter 38, for the first time, the Lord's willing to look down and just come right out and say, these people are wicked. This man is wicked. You know what's crazy? It doesn't even say that about Shechem. And remember, now if you're going to ask me who's wicked, psh, no doubt, no question, Shechem is scum of the earth. Shechem and Hamor deserve death. They deserve the worst in my flesh. That's what I would say. But the Bible doesn't even say that Shechem and Hamor were wicked. But yet, Er is wicked, and it doesn't even say what Er did that was wicked. Can I tell you that wickedness proceeds out of the heart? What Shechem did was evil, no doubt, no question. But true wickedness is not just action. True wickedness and evil proceeds out of the heart. This is why Jesus would say in Scripture that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It comes from the very source, the wickedness of air would even supersede Shechem and Hamor. Would even supersede Adam when he fell. It would supersede Abraham when he lied. It would supersede Jacob when he deceived. It would even supersede the siblings of Joseph who would sell him into slavery. It would supersede what Esau had done and what Jacob had done. It would supersede even Ishmael. Isn't this crazy? Air. And the Bible doesn't even say what he did. It doesn't even tell us just that he was wicked in the sight of the Lord. Can I tell you that all the world may not know the wickedness that's in your heart? I may not know it. Your neighbor may not know it. Your pastor may not know it. Your family may not know. But Jesus knows. Jehovah knows. God knows. The Bible says in the book of Samuel, Samuel says that the Lord spoke to him and he said, chapter 16, he's looking for a new king, looking for a new man to sit on the throne after Saul has fallen. And the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, look not on his stature, on his countenance, the height of his stature, for man looketh on the outward, but God looketh on the heart. So really it doesn't matter what Er did. It doesn't matter if Judah knew what Er did. It doesn't matter if anybody knew. 
What matters is that God saw it and that God took care of it. It's one of the reasons I believe in the long run, as long as you've got the right heart and clean hands before the Lord, it really doesn't matter what anybody says, what anybody does. Wickedness will proceed out. It will protrude out. It will come. Eventually, it will be made manifest. But really, in the long run, it doesn't matter if you talk about me or if you come against me. If my heart is right with the Lord, I'll be okay. And if your heart is right with the Lord, when the wicked come against you, you'll be okay. The Lord will seek it out. It's one of the reasons I believe that Jesus had also said in the New Testament to just let the wheat and the tare grow together because the Lord, when it comes to take the harvest, will know which is which. You won't know until the harvest time comes. When the harvest time comes, the Lord will go through it and he will separate the wheat from the tares. The heirs among us, they're still there. Some may listen to the podcast, some may not. There's only about three of us that listen. (laughs) Aaron may listen, he may not, but really it doesn't matter. What matters is that the Lord knows. And the Lord is my shield and my protection. And so the Lord's going to look after my best interest. The Lord will look after your best interest. What is best for me is not that everybody knows my wickedness, What's best for me is that I repent of my wickedness. What's best for me is that I make sure that I've got clean hands and a pure heart. What's important for me is to make sure my relationship with Jesus is still all right. That's the greatest advice anybody could ever give me. And so I give it to you. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you later.